Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Good morning, Goldie. My name is Guy, and I live in Free City. I have everything I need. Except one thing. Excuse me. Hey. Hey, bud. You ever think that there's got to be more? More than what? The stuff we do day after day. Literally not once. Today's going to be different, Goldie. What are we looking at? We ran into each other the other day. How did you find me? I waited outside by the murder train. Guy, I have to tell you something. There is no easy way to say this. This world, it's a video game. I really want to kiss you. Is that weird? Listen to me. You're not real. Wait, you let who kiss you? Guy. There's not a button for that. Oh, he found the button. Buddy, if we're not real, doesn't that mean that nothing you do matters? I am sitting here with my best friend trying to help him get through a tough time. Now, if that's not real, I don't know what is. Millie, I know this world is just a game, but this place, these people, that's all I have. Thanks, guy. Who is this guy? This character in the video game Free City has been turning heads by being the good guy. Who is Blue Shirt Guy? You're absolutely right. Who is he or she indeed? This loser is ruining the game, man. I don't care if he's Arnold freaking Schwarzenbader. Terminate him. In two days, the game is going to shut down. You, this whole city, they'll be gone. What if we can save it? Was that cool? It felt really cool. We can change our world, but we have to fight together. I don't even know what's happening right now, but I love it. This is the first time I've ever driven a car before. I really wish you'd mention that. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, Booster Guy. Thank you. Watch out for the. They seem nice. Welcome to church, man. Hey, I don't know about you, but when I when I started going to church like 20 years ago, this is not the kind of service you would ever experience. You know, they're playing movies in church. You know, and and here's the deal. We're going to use relevant things to teach about a relevant message that never changes, and that's the message of Jesus Christ, all right? That's what it's about. So uh, it is real today. Jesus is as real today as he was 2,000 years ago, as he was at the foundations of the beginning of everything. And so that's what we're going to preach. So I just want you to know, because sometimes people are like, you're one of those seeker services. You're one of those that just loves people right where they're at. And I'm like, yeah, we are. And, and here's what, you know what? Do you know who's more sensitive than the person seeking the truth than anybody else? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants you to know Jesus at a different level, all right? Amen? Amen? 
And I don't care where you're at. I don't care if this morning you came in here like, I don't want to be in church. I've been drugged here. My, my girlfriend brought me. My boyfriend brought me. My parents brought me. Or, or why you're even here. It doesn't matter because God knows you're here and he wants to speak to you. And so even if you got your walls up, man, I'll tell you what, when you have your walls up and you're a skeptic and you're afraid of God speaking, he's going to probably speak to you the most. And so I'm really excited for what he wants to do in and through you today. Before we get started... If you don't know me, I'm Chris, uh, lead pastor at the church. My wife and I started the church 11 years ago, and here's the cool thing. We have seen so much cool fruit over the years, and one of the coolest pieces of fruit that we have been able to experience and see is the man who stood up last week and preached a phenomenal message on the blind side named Pastor Derek Mum. Come on, man. The guy is awesome. And uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't got a chance to meet Derek yet, uh, he is, he's just, he's the real deal. They're incredible. They do a great job leading our youth ministry. He does a great job um, helping with our team, leading, preaching. He does a lot of great things. He's in the community. Uh, he, the guy's got it all together. He's doing right. They have a great family, all of that. And so uh, I just got a chance to watch his message. We were gone. It's the first Labor Day in the 11 years of our church we've ever been gone on Labor Day. And he stepped in and, and did one of our purpose statements, which is knowing God. And so I pray that from last Sunday, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It was so good just learning to know God, and he used the old movie, The Blind Side, which is a phenomenal movie. If you're a football fan like me, uh, I think there's some football on TV today, maybe. I don't know. Go Cincinnati. I'm kidding. And uh, I'm going to get thrown at, all right? Um, But here's the deal. He did a great job, and here's where I want to kind of piggyback off of his from last week is we are all called to know God, but we will never know him as much as he knows about us. It just can't happen. We try, and I think even the very fact that we want to know God is somewhat arrogant in a little little way because how can the finite ever know the infinite? It's, It's impossible, yet God wants us to be more like him, and so we constantly try. We constantly strive, and sometimes I think he looks at our striving, he looks at our trying, and he goes, just stop, just stop, just be. Just be. And so I think a lot of times what happens in our world is we, yeah, we know God. We're getting to know God. We want to be more like him. But then we have this thing that gets in the way and, and it's this captivity. It's this feeling of going, man, I don't know how to get there. I've tried or I've, I don't know how to read the Bible or, or we don't feel like we're living our purpose or we don't feel necessarily that we got it all together or, you know, you, you feel maybe inadequate where you're at in your faith walk or maybe you feel like you're called to be the spiritual head of your house and you don't know how to do it or, or maybe you're going, my kids aren't following the Lord and I want them to and I'm not sure how to, how to do all that. And in the middle of knowing God is this next step. And that's really finding, um, finding freedom. So watch this next clip from Free Guy. Here you go. Good morning, Goldie. Front of warm, dry gunfire mixed with late afternoon stabbings. Sunday should be warm and sunny, just a scattering of drive-bys. Great day for the beach, but not Hitman's Beach, which will be mined and sprayed with high-caliber fire. Medium coffee, cream, two sugars. You know it. Mm. Who put a flavor grenade in my mouth? Pull the pin. Thank you for making this with such love. You're welcome. Officer Johnny! Have a good one, guy. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Mm. This is a great... Hey, all right, so here's the deal. I just, how many have seen Free Guy yet? It's in the theater. Okay, just like three of us, so I won't ruin it for you. I won't give it all away. My wife and I, we went on a date. We go on a date every week, and we went inside because I don't know about you, but I love to laugh, all right? Like, I went to the state fair, and I wore my dad joke shirt, and every booth I went to, they're like, tell us a dad joke. Tell us a dad joke. It was awesome because people just want to feel this, like, freedom. They want to they just laugh, and I don't know about you, but sometimes 
Have you ever sat in a place and it's just awkward and it's quiet and, and or you've been in a church and it just feels dead or or, you know, and, and I just want you to know that Jesus is alive. He is active. He wants relationship with you. And wherever you find yourself today, he wants you to find freedom. Okay? Amen? Amen. Amen. And so here's the deal. In this movie, there's this guy. His name is Guy. And Guy is a video creation. He's a video game creation. And the cool part about this is 20 years ago, there was a movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, called The 13th Floor. It was made in the late 90s. It didn't get any attention, but The 13th Floor, how many have ever seen The 13th Floor? A few of you? Okay, one of my favorite movies of all time. But in The 13th Floor, it's a very similar concept, but it's not a comedy. It's more of a a drama. And in The 13th Floor, there was another movie that came out a week apart that kind of sidelined The 13th Floor. It was called The Matrix. I don't know if you ever heard of it. And so... And they get any kudos, but it's still one of the best written movies, in my opinion, to this day. And similar in Free Guy, okay, Ryan Reynolds, the lead character, he's living his routine, his day. He goes to this closet. He's got all his shirts. He has the same job, and he's a bank teller. And he goes into the bank, and every day the same thing happens. He goes to the bank teller, and, and there's like a bank robbery every day. And this is one of the first scenes in the movie that you see within the video game. And he's sitting in here, and, and he's just bank you know, the bank's getting robbed and he's like, have a good day, bank robbers. Like, like there's used to it, you know, cause every day it kind of resets. Now, truth be told, for those of you that are gamers, of which I am not, uh, there's a lot of references that I probably don't even get in the movie that you will. All right. So if you're an apex guy, a call of duty person, a Fortnite, well, I don't even know what else is out there. For me, I am Tetris and super Mario brothers. Okay. That is, that is me. All right. And uh, that, that's, that's my extent of video game knowledge. I used to be able to beat my kids in Madden. Not anymore. So I, I stick to Super Mario Brothers and Tetris. That is it. All right. But this, it's one of those kind of games where you have an avatar and a real person goes into the video game and interacts with the characters in the game itself. And Ryan Reynolds is kind of like an extra in a movie. He's an inadequate character. He's just a creation with no purpose. He's trapped. He doesn't understand what it means not to live in captivity. Now, truth be told, I bet that's probably a lot of us here in a lot of different ways where we don't even realize we're living in captivity because we haven't yet experienced the freedom that Christ has for us. No matter where you're at in your walk with God, how many believe just by round of applause that there is still more freedom that Christ has for you in your life? Okay. All of us. So here's what I want to do. We're looking at you know, today, some, some relevant stuff with Free Guy in the movie, and we'll show you a couple more clips. But I really want to go to where I believe the absolute truth is, and that's in the Word of God. So with me, if you have the Word of God with you, whether it's on your, your phone or whether you have paper version or whatever version you have, uh, we have it on the screen for you too. Would you open up to the book of Acts with me? Uh, book of Acts, all right? It's fourth, uh, excuse me, it's the fifth book in the New Testament. And the cool part about the book of Acts the reason it's called Acts are these the Acts of the Disciples. And really, it focuses on Paul's life and Peter's life. And one of the coolest things that, that takes place is all of a sudden throughout the book of Acts, we see the transformation of a gentleman by the name of Saul. Now, this is not Old Testament Saul, where Saul and King David were fighting the two different men, two very different stories, very unique. New Testament Saul was a Pharisee. In other words, he believed the law, he 
He thought he was doing the right thing. He, he crossed his T's. He dotted his I's. He did everything just right. He, he lived a perfect, what he thought, moral life and all of this. And here he is, and he's on this road on the way to a city called Damascus. And, and I want you to see something that's kind of very different here between 19 verses. So let me show you. Will you put up uh, the first verse here? It's Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It is. Here we go. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest. So I want you to see this. Leave that up for just a moment. Here's Saul. Now, in the New Testament, we know him as what? Paul. All right? So we'll talk about that in just a minute. So just know I'm going to use those two names interchangeably today. Saul or Paul. It's the same person. Okay? And here he is, and Saul was the Pharisee of Pharisees. So then he starts talking about these new people, these new believers. And he said, they're part of, he calls it the way. And he says, man, we got to take care of it. So he goes and he stones somebody. He, he wants to kill. He's, he's putting out these threats. He can't stand it because what it's doing is it's, it's really basically saying to the Jewish community that, hey, the Messiah came, he went, he died, he's resurrected again. You missed the boat. You missed it. And Saul's like, don't, he was offended. And he's like, what did he do with his offense? He went out and went on a murder spree. He, he's like wanting to stone people. He's wanting to go to the high priest to say, what do we do? Now, I know that in our world today, no one gets offended. But 2,000 years ago, Saul did. Okay, now, now go to the next verse. Okay, we're going to go to 920. So 19 verses later. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the same person. In 19 verses, this transformation. So what the heck took place? Okay, seriously, think about this. So here's Saul persecuting the church, stoning Christians, wanting to do this. And he's saying, you got to follow the letter of the law. If we're not following the, what's known as the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, we're not doing it right, all of this. 19 verses later, we read, he began to preach in the synagogue. So we went back to the high priest. But what did he tell the high priest this time? It wasn't, hey, they're just, you know, the people of the way are messing up. He goes, People of the way are right, dude. This is, this is it. This is it. This is the Son of God that came to live, to die, and he was resurrected for us. This is how we receive freedom. Do you think it was well-received? you think they wanted his life now? So what happened? So here's Saul, and he's on his way with people, okay, on his way to persecute the church. To the road. He's on the road to Damascus. And God sees him knows him, loves him. But I want you to see that Saul hasn't done anything good yet. He hasn't done anything worth Jesus even dying for necessarily in what we think. But yet Jesus still did. And Jesus calls out this voice and Saul hears it. And the voice says, Saul, why do you persecute me? He goes, who are you? And it's Jesus. Jesus says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, it even says, Saul falls to his feet. Now, now maybe you've ever experienced the church where you've seen people slain in the spirit or you've seen people fall down. We don't know exactly how this happened or what took place. It could be either. We don't know. But under the power of God, he is down on the ground and he gets up and he's walking, but yet he can't see. He's blinded. And I find that very interesting that, he, that, it, that he's blinded until he goes to this person's house named Ananias, who is a disciple of Christ. Ananias was scared to death of Paul. He heard the threats. He had heard about this guy named Saul, and Jesus spoke to Ananias and said, I want you to go, and I want you to lay hands on his eyes, and he will be healed. In fact, Ananias, you need to do this because he is my instrument and my peace because he's eventually going to, he didn't say this, but he's going to write two-thirds of our New Testament. And so he goes, and he, and he does this, 
and things that say they're like scales fall off of his eyes and he can see again physically. But what I really love is now he can see spiritually brand new because Jesus met him on that road where he needed to be met and he received this freedom. Okay, this isn't in my notes, but I want you to hear this today. Okay, if you hear anything right now about free guy and, and for you to find freedom is this right here, okay? God can change your life in 19 verses as well, okay? 19 verses. It went from somebody killing people in the church to now defending it with their life. It took 19 verses. Luke wrote the book of Acts, and 19 verses we see an incredible transformation that I believe we can see in our life today. Amen? Amen? It's the same person. It's the same person, okay? Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Lord says to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. He had a call on his life to preach the gospel. Now, some believe he was only called to preach to one group of people. Here it tells us he's called to reach all of them. And so what took place? What took place for both Ananias and Saul? Ananias, already a disciple of Christ. Saul, okay, he's blinded and now he can see again. Brand new, he's a baby Christian. And in Nice, it was a perspective change where he, he saw things from his own perspective and then God changed his perspective going, I need to go and lay hands on this guy because this is God's chosen instrument. So both of them, the veteran okay, disciple had to have his perspective changed and so did Saul. Now let me ask you this. I think a lot of us need perspective change in our life, but sometimes we don't even know it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, okay, you don't have to raise your hand because it's probably most of us, you've ever met that person, whether it's a relative, whether it's your spouse, whether it's, whether it's a pastor, a teacher, a coach, and you see them and you can see a pattern in their life that you know is not healthy. We've all seen that. Okay, we see it. And, and what do we want for them? We're not there to judge them usually, I hope not, but we want them to find freedom with that pattern, don't we? And so why aren't they finding freedom? Is it because they don't want the freedom? Or is it because they're stuck and they don't know how to get out? I think the same thing when we look at this. Saul was stuck. He didn't know how to get out until he had an encounter with Jesus. That was it. Okay, in the movie, we see it a little differently. It's, it's a play, you know. It's fake. It's fictional, unlike the Word of God. But Guy needed a perspective change so that he could find freedom. You see this? A quarterly report on my desk by Friday. So in the movie, what, I don't know if you noticed what took place. What did he put on? 
He put on a pair of sunglasses. In the beginning of the movie, he says, stay away from the sunglass people. They're different. Well, the sunglass people are the avatars of real people that come into the game and join them. And so they're able to see all that. So he puts it on. And what happened to his perspective? Completely changed. He saw things that were in front of him that he didn't even realize. He saw things and and things were changed that he didn't even know could be. Now, let's look at that, what that means for us. You go back to the Bible. Here's Saul. In fact, in uh, Acts chapter 13, the first part of verse 9, it says this. Then Saul who was also called Paul, all right? So what's the difference? Why, a lot of people, you'll hear this from a lot of pastors, and this is not true. It's not Bible. God did not change his name, okay? A lot of people will say, well, God changed his name. That's not what happened. What happened is he was known as Saul. That was his Hebrew name. Then people in the Greek world, the Gentile world, knew him as Paul. And so he had this transformation with his name. They knew him differently. It was a perspective change even with his name and who he was he saw his life differently the pattern that he lived in the pattern that guy in the movie lived in now completely changed and they were able to see it differently what if what if i told you what if i told you this that there was literally hope for whatever pattern you're in maybe you get up go to school go home go to bed maybe you get up you have your morning coffee your morning routine you you go to work you come home you have dinner You do the dishwasher, or you make somebody in your house do the dishwasher, you go to bed. You get up, you do it again, and you do it again. And by the end of the week, you sit there and you go, this is it? This, and you feel stuck a little bit, like, like, what's my purpose? We're talking about that next week, but we're going, how do I live this out? How do I find freedom in this daily routine that just seems mundane? And over and over, maybe you're in the job going, I thought I was going to get the promotion, but COVID messed it up. Or you thought, man, I thought this was going to happen, but, but this got messed up. Or you love doing one thing and, and, and because of something in life, now you can't and you feel stuck. My desire, my prayer for every single person here today is that you would see that pattern and realize you can have freedom. And so I want to give you just, just biblical truth to have that freedom, okay? Second Corinthians, Paul writes this later on in his journeys. This is after he's been a Christ follower a long time. Chapter 3, verse 17, he says, Now the Spirit is the, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's what? Freedom. Do you believe it? Somebody sounded like Braveheart there for a moment. I loved it. All right. Okay. Freedom! Could you imagine how different that movie would be, by the way? Braveheart, if at the end he didn't yell out freedom and he yelled out mercy? That ruined it, right? I would totally be like, what? You were my hero. Now you just suck, dude. All right. So here it is. Power of the Holy Spirit can give us freedom. So we, now here's what happens. This is what we do. We get in our mind, okay, if I read my Bible at least one chapter a day, then I'll find freedom. Okay, if I stop sinning today, then I'll find freedom. Or we go, okay, if I am just nice to people and kind of people, then I'll find freedom. If I actually follow my weight plan today, I will find freedom. If I no longer eat like this, I will find freedom. If I stop watching or listening to X, Y, Z, then I'll find freedom. And I think God's up there going, it's a free gift. I have it for you. It's here. You can, just, you can just take it. It's like a pair of sunglasses you can just put on and see differently. You don't have to do anything. Guy in the movie didn't have to change anything. He didn't have to do anything. He just had to grab those glasses and put them on. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, snap nugget. Okay? Look at this. Wow. And then he gets that little, you know, what are those called, gamers? I have no idea what you said. So he grabs that. And, and it's like, like he turns into the Hulk or something, you know? And he's like, he's got these powers all of a sudden that he didn't have. Did he earn it? Did he deserve it? 
Did he do anything for it? Did he just reach out and grab it? He just reached out and said, okay, thank you. I think God is there going, here's freedom for you. Here it is. And we're just like, "Mm, I'm not good enough yet. Mm." When I get there, yeah, Pastor Chris and Pastor Derek, they keep telling me I'm a leader, but but if they knew me, they wouldn't know that. I'm not good enough yet to do that. I'm inadequate. What Derek and I really want for you is to find freedom and that no, we're not coming to you because you have great accolades. It's because we see in you what we believe God has for you. Okay? I want you to see that. We don't come to you because we need somebody to do a job and you're sucking wind. We come to you because we believe in you and we see what you have and what you can offer. And we want you to live to your potential. And sometimes one of the most painful things as a pastor, to be very honest with you, is when I see your potential and you don't. Got really real in here for a moment, folks. And I see it all the time. All the time. But I'm not going to go up to you and be like, I see your potential and you don't. Maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe I'm from now on. If I give you a pair of sunglasses from the Dollar Tree, you'll know what I mean. All right. Wow, thanks, Chris. This is a great gift. Wait, what? (laughs) They're not Ray-Bans or Oakleys. I wear Dollar General glasses. Pastor Derek wears the fancy ones. All right. (laughs) I save more money. John 8, chapter 36, so I can bring my wife to Wendy's. All right. So if the sun sets you, you are free indeed, or you will be free indeed. I love this verse. I I think we've heard this verse before. We don't necessarily always wrap our mind and our our heart around it, because what we realize is this, where Christ is, freedom reigns. Where Christ is, freedom reigns. Maybe maybe you're struggling. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you have. Maybe, Maybe life's good. But where he is, there's freedom. And our desire, yeah, we want you to know God in the church, but then we want you desperately to find freedom. We've all met that person in St. Francis, surrounding area, that we know could utilize freedom. And what they've tried doesn't work. I've been down that path. I still go down that path because I'm a sinner saved by his grace. But when I realize there's nothing I can do to receive his freedom but put out my arms and say, God, it's yours. Sometimes I like raising my hands during worship. I would challenge you. If you've never raised your hands during worship, raise them. It's not like, look at me. It's going, God, I give it all to you. I praise you. You're, you're worthy. I love you. But then there's times where I like to do this because there's times in worship, and I love worshiping Sunday morning with everybody, but there's times where I'm just like, God, this morning, I just need to receive. What is it that you have for me? I need freedom in this area of my life. God, I feel inadequate here. Would you help me? Would you meet me where I need to be met? And can I just tell you this? be very honest, sometimes you won't feel it. You know, you, sometimes we feel in, you know, you get those like goosebump moments in, you know, worship, but then there's those times where you say it and you don't feel it. And that's this thing called faith that has to step in and go, God, even though I don't feel it, I believe it. Now, how many literally are singing the words to Waymaker right now in your head? All right. Okay. All right. It's not about works. It's about him. So let me ask you this question. What do you want to be free from? Wow, life in the big city. Ain't no nothing like it. Looks like rain. Has anyone seen my hat? It's such a sweet, sweet thing. You know, some people say it all the time. A guy can take a shoot to the face better than anybody I know. <laughs> I mean, when you put it on there, you act like it's just a sweet. 
So he's got the same routine all, all day long, every day. And all of a sudden, he's got to change his perspective. He th- sees things differently. And all of a sudden, he sees this girl that he thinks he's totally infatuated with, in love with. It's a woman of his dreams. And so he knew something had to be different. He's starting to figure it out. And see, what you realize, you learn later, on the other side of the game are these people that are controlling the game. They're the creators of the game. They're the ones that are making the things happen within the game. They're the one that see the big picture. They see everything there. You have your, your software designers, your coders, all those people that are making this game even possible, which is our reality today. But I think oftentimes we have more faith in a creator of a game than we do in the creator of the universe, who's come in to give us purpose, for us to find that freedom, for us to know him, and then we live it out. We make a difference. You see, the opposite of freedom, you know what the opposite of freedom is? It's captivity. The opposite of freedom is captivity, meaning captivity literally means the condition of being imprisoned. Now, let's talk about that just for a moment here, okay? What happens is this. We, we, we feel imprisoned, we get there, and can I just tell you, for a lot of us, and I'm, talk, I'm preaching, to, preaching to Chris right now, it's comfy here, isn't it? We know these bars, we know the lock, we know the way out. We've even taken them before and we've taken that step out got hurt we go back in and so we stay in this little box we stay in these bars because it's comfy we know it it's easy out there scary you got to be vulnerable got to got to forgive got to let things go got to take a risk i might mess up and here i'm safe can't hurt anybody nobody can hurt me and i'm good and all of a sudden we feel like hey i'm okay i'm good i got it i got it i got it and god's going i have so much more for you outside of this than i do right here yeah, you'll be safe. You'll be okay. But in here, you're only going to have a good day. You go outside of here, you'll have a great day. And I think God sees that and he wants that for us in so many different ways. So what ways are you dealing with? Let's get real, real for a moment. What do you need freedom from? Now, don't raise your hand on these, all right? But what do you need freedom from? Maybe it's freedom from religion. That's what Saul needed. Everything was about do's and don'ts. You know, I hear so often from people that have never read the Bible. Well, the Bible was just written so we'd live a moral life. What a bunch of crap. Seriously, you got, you got some messed up stuff in the Bible. You got comedy. You have horror. You've got, you got stuff that is like, you don't even want your teenagers to read yet. Okay, like you got everything in there. Why? Because God knows what you and I would go through 2,000 years after he sent Jesus to this earth for us. I love it. And so I think we, we need this freedom from religion where we go, well, I, it's got to look like this. Or we, we all of a sudden go, well, the church has to have this for me. Or I got to do it this way or, or, or that way. I, I, this is a scary thing to say as a pastor. Do you know if you know, we believe in what's known as giving 10%? We call that the tithe. We try not to use that word too much. But here's the deal. Do you know that whether you tithe or not does not impact how much God loves you or looks at you? Okay? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
pastor just said we don't have to give. All right, that's not exactly what I'm saying. Now listen, all right? What I'm saying is if you think, I have to do this. I have to tithe. I have to get baptized. I have to put my hands this way. Or I have to have my hands that way. Or I have to have my eyes open or closed during prayer. Or I have to say this prayer this way. If I didn't say that prayer that way. Or I was with this Catholic guy and I didn't do it that way. Or I didn't do it that way. Or I said the Lord's Prayer wrong. Or I have to read this version of the Bible. Or I got to read that version of the Bible. Or I can't wear fluorescent shoes in church. Or I have to do this. Or I have to do the other thing. Or it's got to be like this. Or I can't touch my wife in church. Or I can't put my hand around her in church. Or man, the music's too loud. The music's too low. The music's this way. The music's that we're too filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not filled with the Holy Spirit enough. It looks like that way. We should have a cross inside. We have a cross outside. It's not good enough. Should be there. Shouldn't have a cross. It's bad. It's this. If you have any of those thoughts, shut them up. Okay? That's religion. That's religion. We all wrestle with that. Some of us are in that prison so much we don't even see it because it's the pattern that everyone else sees in you and you don't see. So see it, baby. Maybe it's freedom from sexual addictions. Maybe it's something you wrestle with. And you're going, man, I don't want anybody to know because I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed. And you're going, you know what? Every time, every time I do it, I feel like I'm, I'm falling short of, of God's perfect plan for my life. And you're trapped in there because you go, this is what I know. And when I step out there, I, I feel like I stepped out and I just got to forgive me for doing X, Y, or Z. And then I, I step back in every time because I can't quite take that next step out of that sexual freedom. And every time you go back in, there, there's these feelings of inadequacy or feelings of shame or feelings of guilt. And God's going, and here's what I want you to hear me this morning. This is not a uh, get out of looking at porn free card or get out of sexual addiction free card. I want you to hear this, though, this morning. When you say yes to Jesus, when the Father looks at you, he is not looking at your sin. He's looking at the Christ in you. And so realize that he gave you Jesus for the freedom so you don't have to stay there. I know it's comfy. I know it's easy. But he's asking you to take a step out from that. That's what he has for you, okay? Maybe it's from sin. Maybe you have these thoughts of sin or, or it's, it's, you have a habitual sin or maybe it's a sin that you've had victory over for years and now you're wrestling with it and God's going, I have grace for you. I have freedom for you. I can be your freedom if you just take that step and you trust him even when you don't feel it. Maybe it's freedom from guilt or shame. Now, I want to honor my parents. I try to do that every Sunday. However, and I'm still honoring them, but if you grew up in my house and you clean the bathroom in my house growing up, no matter how good you clean the bathroom, it was not good enough. Anybody relate to me with that? Okay. <laughs> like, we didn't call it clean the bathroom. We didn't call it chores. We called it responsibilities. You had to have responsibilities. <laughs> All right. And, and then it wasn't clean the bathroom. It was scour the bathroom. Dude, there's no, I, I hate the word scour more than I hate the word moist. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. But I would have these feelings of guilt. I'm like, I didn't do it good enough. I, I didn't, man, I could have done it better. Here's, here's one thing I learned in ministry and in, in life in general. There's always something we can do better. Where do we draw the line? Well, Jesus did draw the line. So I'm going to go with his line because his measuring tool is a lot better than mine. Amen? Okay? Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's something from your past. Or maybe it's something from your past that you're going, oh, what if I don't confess this to somebody? Am I going to go to hell? No. No, you're not. You know why? Because what you do does not determine your eternal life. It's what he already did for you. It's not about you. Well, what if I, what if I make this big sin and I get in a car accident and I hear this all the time and I'm going, it's not about you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, you receive eternal life. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's not about saying the words, though. It's about a belief. Well, I, I didn't say them perfectly this way or I wasn't kneeling. There. Now we're back to religion again. We're in that jail. 
Okay? Freedom from your past. Maybe it's stuff that no one knows about. That's okay. So, to be very honest, some stuff shouldn't be known about. You should leave that at the altar. Let God take care of it. Now, it's not a get out of Sharon free card, but he wants you to have that freedom. Okay? Maybe it's freedom from heredity. Now, I'm not saying you're going to change the way your face looks. We do have medical doctors for that, I guess, nowadays. But what I'm saying is this. I think sometimes we're going, well, I, you know, for me, I've said this. I, I've, I've never had to drink alcohol in my life. Some of you don't know that. I'll go out with people that drink all the time. It doesn't bother me. But the reason I don't drink is because both of my parents were severe alcoholics. And so it wasn't a faith issue for me. It was like I knew I was going to mess it up pretty bad if I, if I ever drank. And so I have this thought in the back of my head a lot of time in my prison that I go into a lot of, man, if, if I drink, I'm going to become a, a chronic alcoholic if I, if I touch the booze, if I touch the liquor. And, and that's something that God wrestles with me. Now I've had to sign a covenant with the Assemblies of God that I won't drink our denomination, and so I don't. But I made beer battered fish last night, man. It was good. I'm just saying, all right? Okay? Now, maybe it's freedom from pleasing others. You know who I'm talking to right now. I need you to look at me. This prison I've lived in a lot. Look at me. Look at me. That's you right now. Even if it's not, look at me. Here's the deal. You can have freedom from that. Because here's what you, you're, you're known as the peacemaker in your family. You're, you're the one that you know people will go to if your siblings are arguing, your parents are arguing, or your friends are arguing. And they know you will calm everybody down and it'll be okay. And everybody around you is like, oh, thank you. We're so glad you're in our life. And, 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 and you look like the hero. And you are to them, but inside, you are dying. Oh, how do I know this? I've lived it. You try to, try to please the church of 100 people. It doesn't work. You got to do what God wants, okay? So if you're in that prison of whatever it looks like for you, you're, I just want to please. I want to please my parents. I want to please, you know, the people around me. I want to please my, my coach. I want to please my, my pastor. I want to please my teacher. I want to please my girlfriend. I want to please my boyfriend. I want to please my, you know, my husband, my, my daughter, my, my son. Don't kill yourself in the process of doing that, okay? Realize there's freedom from it. It's okay to have an opinion different than somebody else's, contrary to society, amen? Did you hear me? It's okay to have an opinion different than others. You need to know that, all right? Okay? Maybe, maybe it's freedom from inadequacy. You don't feel good enough. Every time I talk about purpose and, and living your life and your potential, even the thoughts that I say bring you back into your prison. God has a way out. He sent it in the form of Jesus Christ to our earth. Maybe it's freedom from not knowing you're in God's will. Just talk about that for a moment. It's actually a message. I'm going to be ready for this. I'm sharing this message in February. All right, that's how far ahead I am. But here's the deal. Maybe you don't feel like you're in God's will. Can I just say this? If you know Christ, okay, if you've accepted him as your Savior, you are literally in God's will. You can't get out of it. Well, what if I go here? What if I do the wrong thing? God ain't going anywhere. He's still there with you. You can't get out of it. Okay? You can try, but you are in his will when you say yes to him. So have a freedom from worrying about that. Am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I in the vocation God wants me to be in? Am I, am I gonna, are, are my kids going to be okay with this transition that I'm making? Are my kids okay with that? Are, are they, and just go, you know what? I'm going to trust God in this process because he's bigger than me. Maybe it's freedom from depression or anxiety. 
You talked about that the last couple of weeks, that 90% of people right now are dealing with some kind of post-COVID depression. We just don't talk about it because we're in that prison. We feel ashamed or we feel like it's a character flaw. It's not. It's something real and legit. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Realize that Christ sent freedom. Now, yeah, there's times where you need medication. There's a chemical imbalance. I'm not saying go against that. But realize there's freedom in the person of Jesus this morning. I want you to realize that. Maybe it's anxiety, stress, fears, doubts, conflict. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But whatever you know your prison is, and maybe your prison is going, nothing ever puts me in prison. That could be yours. Galatians chapter 5.1 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Who wrote that? Paul did. Paul wrote that. Church of Galatia. Why do you write this? Because the same people he was hanging with come back. And come to the church of Galatia, there's this group of people called the Judaizers. They show up and they say, they say, now guys, if you're my age, 42 or older, I want you to imagine this this morning. I'm going to get a little uncomfortable for a moment. Judaizers came to say, hey, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, okay, we, we get the way, but there's still some law stuff that we got to do. And they were saying, hey, so for those of you that are adults already, we don't have Novocaine anymore. We don't have, or yet, we don't have anesthesia, but you all need to get circumcised. Um, no, thank you. Okay? No, thank you. All right? That's literally what they're saying. All right? And, and Paul goes, no. No. <laughs> Somebody got it. All right? Paul, Paul's like, I don't think so. It's not how it works. And he wasn't saying it because of that. He was saying it because Christ came to set us free, not about what we do. It doesn't look that way. Half the book of Acts is about that topic because they debated back and forth. If you had to be circumcised, to be a believer? And the answer is no, all right? We do it for medical reasons more today than we do religious reasons. Our captivity feels great. It's comfy. It's what we know. But here's Paul writing to the Galatians. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So let me put this last slide up here. And it's the quote from the movie that I love. Say it with me. Don't just have a, have a great day. Don't have a, how do we do that when it comes to freedom? I'm just talking about daily routine. I'm saying, in here, it's good. It feels comfy. It's nice. We're not hurting anybody. But if you want to take it from good to great, it's not by anything you do. It's by taking a step of faith in what he already did for us. God, I thank you this morning that you sent your son Jesus and that whoever believes receives eternal life. That you didn't come to condemn us. You didn't come to hate us. You came to love us and meet us where we need to be met. God, I stand here as sinners saved by your grace this morning. Lord, we sit here, we stand as sinners saved by your grace. And if there's anyone that doesn't know that, I pray they'd have a conversation with somebody on the way home about what that looks like. Father, I pray for two weeks from now that people that are here that are visiting for the first time would come to know you. And God, for every person here, whatever the jail is that we keep going back to, that we're captive in, would you free us from that? so that we can experience not only knowing you, but finding that freedom. And God, maybe it's not even about finding freedom, but maybe it's about that freedom finding us. Would you allow that freedom to find us today before we even put our head on our pillow tonight? Would we see and experience that freedom in a whole new way? I thank you, Jesus, that you came so that we could have that freedom, and there's nothing I have to do 
God, but because you gave me that freedom, I want to live for you. I want to please you. I don't have to, but I get to. And so this morning, would you bless every family member here? Would you bless their family times, whether they're watching football today or not watching football? Would you bless their meals, their conversations from the moment we end service, from the moment they go to bed tonight? Would the focus be on you and your freedom and who you are? We thank you and we praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.